Welcome to Ascended Masters at Work Radio with your host, Shirlene Reeves, the world's business success coach and author of Selling Through Your Heart, empowering you to build relationships for financial freedom, where we focus on taking the right step-by-step actions towards generating a consistent business income. Listen in as Shirlene empowers small business owners and her million-dollar business blueprint. On Ascended Masters at Work Radio, you'll discover the secrets to building an effective, income-generating business. Find the answers for selling your programs and products without rejection. Get the solutions for building a strong financial foundation. Coaching with Shirlene Reeves and her guests. How to develop integrated programs so compelling that your clients can't resist saying yes. Now, let's welcome your host, business success coach, Shirlene Reeves. Welcome back, my friends. I'm so fortunate that you are here with me to discuss this really fun topic that I have for you today. It's all about our pets and our own personal behavior. Did you know that a lot of our very own limiting beliefs show up in our pets? For so many years, I trained Manchester Terriers in the show ring. And in fact, I had the top winning dogs in the nation. People would fly their dogs to me, I lived in Sacramento at the time, from all over the nation because they didn't know how to work with their dogs in a way that would create their championship. So that was my job. Well, not really a job. I kind of volunteered because most of them were my very own bloodline and came from the dog that I so adored at that time in my life and her name was Misty. She was the top winning brood bitch and the top winning Manchester Terrier. I had a wonderful time learning about dog behavior and I really saw a lot of challenges that came into my home after the dogs arrived off the planes and I began to see what the individuals were like that owned these dogs. And believe it or not, many a times I had to tell them that they couldn't even come and watch while I had the dog in the ring or they could only watch from afar because the many bad habits that the dogs came with were created by their parents. I thought, how can we parlay this into business and the science of relationships? The reality is it's very easy to do because we can read in the dog's eyes and the dog's behaviors exactly who their parents are. We can also see their limiting beliefs, their fears, their sadness. I frequently say, that we can't hide on our faces what we're feeling inside. It's just not possible. Our actions say exactly who we are in that moment. And of course, as you know, they can change very quickly, but it really helps you read a person when you're in business. If you look into their eyes, you can read what they're experiencing at that time. You can see their fears, you can see their grief, you can see simply by how they act around you, who they are inside. So if you thought you've been hiding or trying to be invisible, it isn't happening. We can see right through you. We can pick up your energy just like we can with a dog or a dog can with us. And that's why so many dogs have difficulty with living in homes. It's because they don't have good leaders in their home. Their person is not a good leader. 
and their person doesn't know how to be a leader, so they have to take control. And that's not a fun thing when the dog takes control. Have you ever noticed that? So today I want to bring you this special person. I have so many people that want to be on my show. I have a lot of respect for all of them. But only some are that very special person that can give us a message that may change our lives. They are the ones who are connected to the universe and how the universe works. And that's why we call this show Ascended Masters at Work. The universe is what dictates our lives and how we live in it. It also has a big part of how we build relationships. And the truth be told, it also has to do with sales. Can you believe that? Because if you're going to be pushy and demanding and constantly hammering on people to buy, they're going to turn around and snap at you just like a dog would and reject you. But on the other hand, if you're loving, caring, kind and heartfelt, then of course they're going to be your new best friend. So let's talk to this wonderful person that I'm bringing on the show today. And let me tell you a little bit about her first. I can tell you for sure that she knows exactly what I'm talking about. Because after a decade of working at some of the most prestigious advertising agencies in New York City, she left the glitz and glamour of Madison Avenue to pursue a true sense of fulfillment, which she found working with dogs and their humans. Upon certification through traditional dog obedience training programs, she realized there had to be so much more that could be done to honor the connection between the loving pups and their humans. As a result, this very special person created her own mindful approach to living, connecting with, and training your dog. Her name is Denise Monge, and she has methods that foster true partnerships and heart-centered connections that really deepen the compassion and understanding of the lessons your animal companions are here to share with you. And she uses such methods as meditation, chakra work, animal communication, sacred geometry, and pet numerology in conjunction with fundamentals of traditional obedience training. You can think of it as self-help for your pet's sake. And I know you're going to love this because I loved talking to her when I interviewed her before the show. She is so insightful and so intuitive when it comes to pets. I think you'll be surprised at how much you'll learn in this show. So let me introduce you to Denise Monge. Hi, Denise. I am so excited that you're here with us today because you have some insights that most people don't have at all. What I really love is that you work with the dogs in a way that not only provides regular obedience training, but also you get into their minds and you really think about what it is that they're thinking so that you can support them along with their owners. Now, I'm just going to preface this by saying that down here in San Felipe, I think I shared with you that I work with 84 different dogs in the shelter here so that we can place them in homes. And I think the biggest challenge that we have is supporting them in overcoming fear. So I'd like you to answer two questions. First of all, how did you start blending chakra training in with the obedience training? What brought you to that? 
So Charlene, thank you so much for having me uh, on your show, connecting with your listeners. This is just such a great opportunity. And it's wonderful, the work you do for our furry friends. So thank you so much for that aspect of uh, your contribution to the animals. You know, it's a really interesting story, the way that I, I brought the chakras into the traditional dog training. We are at a point in time now where our energies are so interconnected and, you know, we're at a place where we constantly have to look at things through a holistic picture, right? Think about the way we exercise or we eat. We're a lot more mindful than we used to be. You know, instead of doing like jazzercise, we're moving towards practices like yoga that give you the, you know, the physical stimulation, but you're also dealing with, you know, the mental and spiritual aspects of yourself because we can no longer come from a place of separation. And so the same holds true for humans with their animal companions, right? Our energies are so intertwined that when you look at living, training, or connecting with your animal companion, you can't separate traditional training from energy. And the way I, I came to realize that is, um, you know, I, I started with a background in advertising, which in retrospect was a fantastic way um, to learn more about energy and, and observation because advertising is all about picking up on trends and motivations in people's unmet needs. So when I decided advertising was no longer um, the career path I wanted to pursue and I moved into traditional training, I learned all the positive reinforcement techniques. So I learned how to teach a dog how to sit and stay and, you know, manage those unwanted behaviors like barking on leash. But what I started picking up on was that the training wasn't enough in a lot of circumstances. So if we did everything right, quote unquote, from a training standpoint, but we still didn't see shifts in the animal companion's behaviors, I started picking up on the energetic trends behind the situation. So, you know, whenever I was called in for a dog with on-leash reactivity, I started noticing that there was a lot of turmoil in the household. Uh, maybe the pet parrot was between jobs or they didn't feel secure in their relationship with their partner or their children. So I started realizing that we had to address a lot more than just the traditional aspect of training. And that's where the chakras came in. With the chakras, it was really quite fascinating because the chakras had been with me since high school. I grew up in Brazil, in Sao Paulo. So we were very adept at energy and talking about energies and we're very open to that part of life. So I actually became certified in uh, Reiki when I was in high school. So I learned all about the chakras and their different themes and where they were located on the body. So as I started working with pet parents uh, more one-on-one -on -one and more closely, I started realizing that a lot of the universal themes associated with the human chakras started contributing to the pet behaviors. So in my work, I created a beautiful roadmap um, that maps out pet behaviors against chakras and the universal themes they carry so that we can start um, more easily addressing the emotional component to your animal companion's training. You know, Denise, I love something that you said, and that is training isn't enough. I've found out in the shelter that there's so much more than just the training. There's building trust. There's overcoming fears. There's dealing with interactions with people. And then there's dealing with interactions with dogs, other dogs. I have found that people are the same way. When I'm trying to teach them how to get on media and really make an impact, 
all those same fears come up as what I see in the animals, which is kind of funny. And I think that the many years of dog show and training dogs has supported me in training the people, the business owners that I work with, because it's all about the psyche before they can step into their role. Don't you agree? It is. And you illustrated the point so beautifully that our animal companions are mirrors for our own energetic terrain. And because they are some of our most intimate relationships in our lives, you know, they see us at our most joyful, at our most vulnerable. We open ourselves up to our animal companions in a way that we don't necessarily do around other humans for fear of judgment. So because of that, our animal companions are the perfect dress rehearsal. I always like to say, our animal companions mirror us because we both have lessons that we're here to learn together in this lifetime. The same way we're working towards, you know, self-actualization and, you know, spiritual growth and personal growth, our animal companions are doing the same. So we tend to call into our lives animal companions who help us along with those lessons. So one of my favorite lessons that um, dogs have, have really taught me is how to step into my own benevolent leadership and my own authentic truth. You know, I have a tendency from, you know, childhood to be a people pleaser. And the animal companions taught me, you know what, in order to lead effectively and be the best person you can be, you need to create your energetic boundaries and stand in your truth and find your voice. And that doesn't mean it has to be um, in a dominant way that, you know, a lot of people think of dog training in the past. It's really about teaching each individual to find their own voice and step into their own power in a way that is authentic and works for them. So you are absolutely right. The animal companions mirror us and they help polish us and prepare us for the bigger projects in our lives. Absolutely. And if you want to be a leader, listeners, if you want to be a leader and lead communities and you have a dog, then look at how your dog is responding. Because if your dog isn't responding well to you, you're probably not a very good leader just yet. And the dogs always want you to be a leader. They don't want to be in control because they get so lost, don't they, Denise? They do. You know, it's, I always say it's, it's sort of like if you look at any president coming into power the day of inauguration and then for four years later, um, you know, the stress is palpable. You can see it in their physical manifestation. So our animal companions want us to be leaders, not so that we're, you know, egoic or we're imposing our will upon them, but it's so that we can take that pressure off of them. They can rest assured knowing that, um, you know, they're taken care of, they're safe, and they can be as happy and healthy as they can be and you're stepping into your sovereignty. So it's a beautiful collaborative experience. Yeah, and I think they always want to be guided with love. I see so many times people will call their dogs to them, and if they didn't come right away, they get punished. And we all make mistakes. I say that in every one of my trainings. We all make mistakes, and we've got to show love to whoever we're working with at that time and let them know they made a mistake in a gentle way, correct it, and then let them do it right the next time. And I think that's a big part of the psyche that assists in overcoming fear. And that's what I want to go back to. What is it you do, Denise, that really makes a difference when it comes to fear? 
And I think we'll answer that question when we come right back. So give us just a minute and we'll see you soon. Hi, this is your coach, Charlene Reeves. And I'm kind of wondering, are you tired of spinning your wheels at networking groups? I mean, I know you love them, but how much money are you making for the money that you're spending? Do you want to boost your sales and get out of your own backyard? Perhaps you'd like to generate a larger income and create a massive impact in the world. If you're concerned about market competition or meeting sales quotas or overcoming the anxiety of building a business that generates an income, then the knowledge and information in my new book, Selling Through Your Heart, will help you take your business to the next level so you can achieve all that you desire. In the pages in Selling Through Your Heart, I give you my tips, strategies, and sales ideas utilized for 28 years. Every one of them has been tried and tested. I give you my million dollar secret for how I built my nationwide company with 23,000 people working under me. Wouldn't you love to know those secrets? Well, you can get them all in my new book, Selling Through Your Heart. This book is full of real-life insights, inspirational stories, and easily applied advice. Go to SellingThroughYourHeart.com and order your book today. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Ascended Masters at Work. I'm your host, Shirlene Reeves, and we are speaking with Denise Monge, who is just so phenomenal when it comes to reading your dog's mind and figuring out what's in your mind and how to support you both in moving forward in a positive way. And before we went to break, I asked her a very important question because I work with so many dogs that have a great deal of fear and they learn to trust just me, but then transferring that trust to other people and other engagements while we're out walking on the beach or in town is difficult. And I see it in other people. Sometimes they back up and they're afraid, just like when I train them to get on video, my students back up and they're afraid. Oh my gosh, I don't think I can do that. Oh, I don't know if I'm going to look right. I don't know if I can face the criticism that may come about. So let's ask Denise, what is it you do with fear and how do you deal with it within the dogs? Fear is such a primal instinct that drives not only our animal companions, but our humans. And it all has to do with matters of the first chakra. The first chakra is associated with themes of our interconnectedness, the feelings of grounding, safety, security, support, victimhood, and feeling like we have control over our lives. And a lot of our fear stems from the fact that we don't feel like we are standing on solid ground. And it's the same for our animal companions, right? The dogs that you've worked with, I'm sure, you know, maybe their home life hasn't been as stable or they had a traumatizing situation. To be honest, Denise, they've never had a home life. They're all street dogs and they have no concept of what it's like to have a person that loves them. That's beautiful because that's kind of fear of the unknown, right? What, what is this? How can I trust? So fear, it's very strongly rooted in the first chakra the fourth chakra, but also the third chakra. And, and the, the human component really comes in strongly with the third chakra, and I'll explain. So the first chakra, again, it's, it's feeling grounded, safe, secure. The first chakra also is all about that connection to your mother, 
your first maternal figure. So, you know, for dogs who haven't had a home, the first human that they interact with might be the equivalent to our first interaction with our maternal figure. So it's interesting how any dogs who have that deep-seated fear, we always want to look at our kind of surroundings, our uh, financial state, and also our relationships with our maternal figures, because those are where we learn to trust first and we feel nurtured and protected. It also has to do with the fourth chakra, and I love this because a lot of pet parents, in particular the pet parents who rescue dogs, they have a huge fourth open heart chakra. They are compassionate, they are loving, they are generous in spirit, but sometimes they don't know how to turn that lovingness towards themselves and they overgive. That's where kind of the people-pleasing tendencies come in. With our dogs, they're learning to trust as well, right? So they're opening their fourth chakra, the humans are opening their fourth chakra, and the dog is going to teach them to set up loving boundaries for themselves and how to love themselves unconditionally. Because a lot of times, you know, we're great at loving an animal and just, you know, pouring ourselves into them, but we don't show ourselves the same compassion. So in working with animals and especially with our fourth chakra, we learn to turn that same compassion inward towards ourselves. The, the beauty about the third chakra, right, where is the third chakra is all about stepping into your own power and feeling empowered and not uh, self-sabotaging with perfectionism. It has to do with I do and taking action and responsibility. And dogs are fantastic at helping us do this. If they're barking at us, you know, if they're challenging us a little bit, quote unquote, because, you know, it's never us versus them. It's always a dance that we're doing together. It's an invitation to really stand more firmly in your power. They're basically saying, you got this. You know you can do it. You can't mess up. We're going to get through this together. So fear really has to do with a few different chakras within the humans and the animal companions. Mm, I love that. Uh, I love that dance because I have Ginger at home with me now, and I brought her home as a foster. She's been here with me for two weeks, and now she's beginning to test. I always say, give them three weeks, you see who they are. <laughs> um, but now she's beginning to test me, and she's doing things that she didn't do when she came in for the first two weeks. I have to admit, for being a street dog, she's been absolutely wonderful. But now, I'll tell you a fun little thing. You'll love this. I have the this pot like a flower pot and it has all these shells in it and so now she started taking one shell out at a time and putting it in different places and she's literally hiding them from me and she takes great pleasure in watching me get down on my knees and, and I put it back and then she'll go get another one and do the same thing and I'm just cracking up. That is amazing. And as you're telling this story, oh, that just lit my heart up. But I also pulled the numerology behind her name. And her name is incredibly balanced. And it, it's characterized by the vibrations of seven, nine, and five. Seven is that spiritual truth seeker. So she's helping you understand the universe and, you know, open up to the mysteries of the universe and develop your intuition a little more deeply as animal companions often do. Interestingly enough, she also has a lot of non vibration in her name, which is the number of ascended masters. <laughs> yeah, that's who I work with. <laughs> the name of the show. <laughs>
Exactly. I was like, look at that. And then the, the third vibration within her name that's very strong is five. And that's the energy of the freedom loving explorer. So she's going to be reminding you to play, to experience life. You know, when we interpret her as being a little challenging, sometimes it's like, you know, human children, some children, you say, no, don't do that. You're going to get hurt or, you know, that's, that's not appropriate. And, and they'll listen to you. Other kids have to experience the situation for themselves before they can learn from the experience. So Ginger is very much, she needs to experience, taste, touch, feel, go through a situation. She's not just going to take anyone's word for it. So her name is beautiful and she's calling in these wonderful vibrations for you. Well, and the interesting thing is she chose me. I, she is not a dog I would have chosen at all. And she chose me. There was just no way around it. That's so fantastic. Oh my gosh. And, and honestly, you know, just looking at the total vibration. So we talked about some of the frequencies within her name, but the numerology that she carries with her name is that of, of a six, which is a responsible caregiver. So she's got that loving energy. If you're sad, she's going to be right there with you. She really is there to, to show you love and, and open your maternal instincts towards her. We might've shut down a little bit when we lose our animal companions. You know, to your point, we always, say, gosh, I, I can't go through that again. And it takes a special little soul to open ourselves back up. When I lost my dog of 17 years just this past March. And so it was very hard for me to bring anybody home. I really didn't want to, but she was so insistent on going home with me that finally I just brought her home. And all she does all the time is give me love and support and doesn't get into too much trouble. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> I mean, come off the street. <laughs> oh, that is so kind. That is adorable. <laughs> yeah, I really had no choice. <laughs> and she's so funny when she sits down because she'll sit and if I'm sitting, then next thing you know, I've got a paw around me. So again, it's no surprise in the times that we're in that that kind of resource guarding of the pet parent has to do with the first chakra again. And the reason why the first chakra has come up so much and our animal companions have brought up issues around the first chakra is, you know, we're moving into that new world, that tomorrow, that future, that age of Aquarius that we've all been calling in. So we all feel you know, we have one foot rooted in the old and one foot rooted in the new. So that creates a little bit of insecurity. So our animal companions really want us to work on this first chakra because it has to do with safety, security, grounding. But it also is important that we have a balanced first chakra and that it's secure and grounded so that we can call in that abundance into our lives, whether it's from a personal standpoint or into our businesses. So resource guarding, again, has to do with the first chakra, but there's tinges of the second chakra, which has to do with the myth of separation. So it has to do with creation, with guilt, with desire, with balancing our needs with other people's needs. But the most important thing about the second chakra that is linked to the first chakra, which is all about our interconnectedness, is the second chakra is reminding us that the myth of separation is the biggest fallacy out there. It's never us versus them. It's never us versus our dog or us versus our boss or us versus our competition in business. We're all together and we can balance the yin with the yang and our needs and their needs and we can find that place of collaboration with everyone. 
So whenever our dogs are getting very aggressive at other people or, or you know, kind of guarding resources or guarding us, we know that we need to be a little more grounded, a little more secure for them. And remember that we're all in this together, that no one can hurt you because everyone's part of the dance, of the flow, of the yin and the yang, part of your bigger lesson. Now you can all see how much value Denise brings to the table. Look at what she did. She took the name of this dog that I hardly know and told me all the insights about her. And that's what I love about Denise. And we have been getting some great dog tips that relate to who we are as a person and our businesses. And of course, if it relates to our businesses, it also relates to our lifestyles. I have seen some really aggressive Yorkies that are protecting their owner and they won't let anybody reach for their owner or give them a hug and they just get nasty about that. What does that mean, Denise? What do we do about that? So of course there's the traditional obedience training, right? Because that, that foundation is super important. We want to work with our animal companions, creating positive associations through desensitization, you know, which is a fancy way of saying, you know, use treats as people approach us or have strangers coming in at a safe distance, then have them walk away. And as they walk away, your dog gets a treat. So of course there's a lot of the traditional stuff we have to do, but then from an energetic standpoint, we want to look at our limiting beliefs associated with that situation. So if we can identify, oh my gosh, all right, my dog is bringing up issues of the second chakra for me. We can go to the limiting beliefs that are already associated with the second chakras, which tend to be like, I feel ashamed about some of my true emotions and desires, or I feel guilty if I'm living a fulfilling life and others around me are not, or I feel insecure when there's change to my routine. Limiting beliefs associated associated with our chakras provide great jumping off points so that we can go deeper and peel back all the layers of the onion until we find the energetic core issue that um, your animal companion's bringing up for healing. And if that's a little too complicated, we can even start with, all right, when my dog barks at someone or they're kind of protecting me, what's the emotion I feel? So we think of what emotion comes up for us and where in our body we experience it. Because what we want to do is get to the emotional resonance, the core essence of that vibration, so that we can identify where else in our lives do we experience similar situations. Is it at work? Is it, does the emotion elicit any memory or past experience or broader patterns in our lives? Then we can identify, oh my gosh, I always feel that similar frustration or fear at my meetings at work. When I have something to say, I don't know if I'm going to say it or not. You know, I have that same feeling in my belly. Once we've identified that feeling, we can say, what's the belief that characterizes the experience or pattern? And it might be, I will feel judged. They, they're going to know that I'm a fraud. They're going to see through me or there's someone better than me to communicate this idea. Because once we've identified it in that manner, then we're ready to change the story. But you can't change the story unless you know the history of it. So our animal companions are fantastic at bringing up these patterns and energies and vibrations that help us identify 
broader patterns in our lives that we're ready to release and replace with a new truth, a new affirmation. And that's what life is, right? It's about growth, finding um, those trends and patterns that no longer work for us. And we up level to include better ones in our lives that are more serving. That helps us be better pet parents, better parents to human children or, or, you know, better siblings or caregivers, whatever we are. But it also Thank you for joining us on Ascended Masters at Work Radio. We hope you've gained insights that will change the way you do business, generate a consistent income, and provide a new enlightened path toward financial freedom and designing the lifestyle of your dreams. And if you simply can't wait to purchase Shirlene's book, Selling Through Your Heart, empowering you to build relationships for financial freedom at sellingthroughyourheart.com helps us be better business people because we're streamlined, we're running in our authenticity. You know, we're not letting those old stories slow us down. So Denise, I love that message with regard to really our inner balancing. But if we've been acting in a way that's created this in our dog, how do we address it with our animal? whether it's with animal companions or in business, if we try to impose ourselves and our wants and our stories on other people, they sense the inauthenticity and they reject you. So really, whether it's in sales or with animal companions, we're trying to find the common ground. We're trying to come at it through a heart-centered point of view where we're trying to understand where they are before we try to shift behaviors. Otherwise, there's just, you know, you're not as effective. Things might work short term, but if there's no trust, no compassion, no seeing things from through each other's eyes, there's no palpable results. And what a beautiful dress rehearsal that the animal companions are providing for us, not only for us in business, but even on the global stage. Right now, it's times are so polarized. You know, people have very polarized political point of views, socioeconomic point of views on climate change. Rather than attacking each other, trying to impose ourselves on each other, it's about finding the common ground and creating the conversation and compassion to breed that change. So our pets are this amazing microcosm for humanity even. Wow. I just love this because I talk all the time about how what we have in our head shows up on our face and in our actions. And now you're bringing another level of this into it where the dogs can literally sense what it is that we have inside and they react accordingly. And I want to bring up this one gentleman that I saw, you know, I watch all the dog training on YouTube. And there's one gentleman that there was a dog that was really aggressive and he just grabbed onto the leash and decided he was going to tell this dog how it was going to be. Well, ultimately he got bitten because he built no trust. And that's what happens in business too with sales, which is so close to my heart. We try to sell people and we get bitten, we get rejected, we get taken aback because we haven't taken the time to build relationship and build trust. And that's the same thing that happened with this gentleman as he was recording. I watched him get bitten because he was so rough with the animal and he took no time to connect with the animal and build a relationship. So Denise, this is why I love what you do is because you think down the same lines as I do. You think with your heart. 
you can see in the dogs, very similar to what I see, what their pain is, and then it extends to that owner, right? Yes, you bet. So two things, if I may. One is whether or not you have an animal companion at home, we can do very small things to shift the energies around our relationship as humans with the animal you know, realm. And even small things of changing our verbiage from pet owner to pet parent or pet guardian that changes the conversation and the energy. And so that's something if you are an animal lover, but you don't happen to have a little furry friend at home, small thing you can change in your day to day that'll just get people kind of shifting and and changing their, their mentality about how we perceive our animal companions and pets. And then the second thing I want to say that animal companions are so beautiful at bringing up They see you for who you are. They see your sparkle and the light, even when it's too dim for you to see it yourself. So if you're ever having moments of self-doubt, just look into your animal companion's eyes or find an image of an animal that really speaks to you on the internet or an animal in the wild and just sit with it and let their love shower upon you. Our animal companions are here, whether, you know, domesticated or in the wild, to really remind us of the deep love and interconnectedness that we share. Mm, That was beautifully said. Oh, my gosh. I never could have said that better myself. (laughs) Nice job. So, Denise, do you have any final thoughts for my listeners that could really make a difference in their lives, something they can do today as a takeaway? You can always follow me on social media. I'm on there as at Denise underscore trainer as in dog trainer. And then I always invite people to visit my website, petprana.com. And on there, it has all the in-person classes I offer, the workshops, and also a lot of online classes because, you know, we are a global community now and the internet has afforded us a way to connect with people all over the world, which is fantastic. On my website, there's also a lot of free resources, including one that if you click on, have you seen me on an interview? It's a wonderful PDF about the top seven things your pet wants you to know. And that's just something that I compiled after working with humans and their pets and doing intuitive pet readings. And there were seven themes that came up pretty strongly over and over and over again. So I put it into a PDF as a thank you for anyone who's interested in learning more. That is just absolutely beautiful. Thank you for that. You bet. This has been such a beautiful conversation. And it's so nice to connect with someone that is as uh, loving towards animal companions as I am, and I'm sure as, as many of your listeners are as well. Thank you for that. That's absolutely beautiful. Oh, thank you. And thank you for creating this wonderful platform and sharing your listeners with me. All right, Denise. Well, thanks so much for being with me today. I'm sorry it went so fast. But it always does when we have such great topics and really, really great guest experts. Thank all of you for joining us today. I know that if you're having challenges with your pet, Denise is your answer. She has such a loving spirit and you can hear it, I think, right on the show. So reach out to her and you might also want to get the top seven things your pet wants you to know. That'd be pretty cool, right? Until next week. See you then. Have a great week and many happy relationships. Thank you for joining us on Ascended Masters at Work Radio. We hope you gained insights that will change the way you do business, generate a consistent income, and provide a new enlightened path toward financial freedom and designing the lifestyle of your dreams. 
And if you simply can't wait to purchase Shirlene's book, Selling Through Your Heart, empowering you to build relationships for financial freedom at sellingthroughyourheart.com. Bye-bye.